Hi, everyone. Welcome to today's Safety and Health webcast, The Why of Contractor Management, sponsored by Browse. My name is Tom Music. I am an associate editor with Safety and Health magazine, and I will be moderating today's session. Thank you for joining us. In a few minutes, we'll start the presentation, but first I want to go over some preliminary items. The views of today's speakers and organizations are their own and do not necessarily reflect those of the National Safety Council or Safety and Health magazine. Any mention of a commercial enterprise, product, or publication does not mean the council or magazine endorses those items. At the end of today's webcast, we will conduct a question and answer session. To ask a question, simply type it in the text box in the lower left-hand corner of your screen and click the button for Submit Question. Feel free, feel free to ask your question at any time during the presentation. You don't have to wait for the Q&A session to begin. We'll try to answer as many questions as possible, but because of the large number of participants today, we might not get to everything. Any unanswered questions will be forwarded along to today's speakers. For basic troubleshooting information, click the Help button located on your screen. At the end of the webcast, you will be asked to complete a brief evaluation survey. I can let you know more about that after the presentation. This webcast will be archived, so you can access it after today's live event. To view this webcast and all of our past webcasts, go to safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash events. Again, that's safetyandhealthmagazine.com slash events. With that, let's go ahead and get started. Our presentation today will include four speakers. They are Joel Van Campen, Director of Professional Services at Browse, Brian Cook, Manager, Worldwide Safety, Walt Disney Parks and Resorts, Joe Conrad, Manager, Safety and Training, Excel Energy, and Stacy Tate Anderson, Senior Manager, Procurement Systems and Processes, Martin Marietta. Thank you to all of you for tuning into this presentation, and Joel, whenever you're ready, go ahead and take it away. Thank you, Tom. Again, my name is Joel Van Campen, Director of Professional Services of Browse. Uh, me and my team work directly with the clients in implementing a contractor management program. Uh, we would like to welcome everybody to the panel discussion today. Today we want to touch on the why of contractor management within different organizations. Contractors and suppliers are utilized broadly across organizations today, and use of third-party providers continues to rise. From my experience as part of the professional services group here at Browse, and through the implementation of many clients throughout several industries, we have seen many unique and important reasons why our clients have a desire to introduce a new or improve upon an existing contractor management program. From a simple desire to promote a more safety-minded culture throughout an organization, to a more formal OSHA cooperative program known as VPP, to a rapid expansion of a company requiring more and more utilization of contractor and subcontractor assistance, to the unfortunate loss of a life. There's also, there's a broad spectrum of why when it comes to contractor management. This why spectrum encompasses several different aspects from brand protection, contractor performance, safety, risk, legality, and many others. Let's explore some of those items on the why spectrum with our panel. I'd first like to ask our panel to introduce themselves and give a little, uh, a brief int introduction as to their role uh, within their organization and what they do for their organization. Brian, would you please start? Sure. I've been uh, with Walt Disney Parks and Resorts uh, for the past 10 years uh, in their worldwide safety department based at Walt Disney World. I've had the uh, pleasure of supporting uh, various parks, lines of business across property, uh, managed our construction safety team uh, for a season uh, with responsibilities for contractor safety along the way as well. Uh, most uh, recently, I've been in a uh, segment program development role uh, with responsibilities for developing high hazard uh, programs, which includes uh, construction safety and contractor safety as well. So happy to be here. Thank you, Brian. Joe Conrad, Excel Energy Safety and Training, could you give us a brief overview of what you do for Excel? Yes, thank you, Joel. Before I start, I'd like to say thank you to the National Safety Council, Safety and Health Magazine, and Browse for giving us this opportunity today. As Joel stated, my name is Joe Conrad. I'm currently the manager of contractor safety for Excel Energy. A little bit about us as an organization, we're a U.S. investor-owned utility. In our portfolio, we have both natural gas 
and electricity. We provide a comprehensive portfolio of injury-related products through our four wholly-owned subsidiaries. Minneapolis is, is where we're based. We also have corporate office locations in Denver. We currently serve Colorado, Michigan, Minnesota, New Mexico, North Dakota, South Dakota, Texas, and Wisconsin. Um, organization size roughly about 12,300 people. Myself, personally, um, currently right now, I have the pleasure of leading our contractor safety portfolio, and what that means for us at XL Energy is I have um, the opportunity to lead a group of safety professionals that provide both oversight programmatically, um, systematically, and then also um, project oversight and support from a safety perspective for all the contractors that we engage with for any construction and maintenance activities that go on supporting our business continuity. Thank you, Joe. Ms. Stacy from Martin Marietta, will you please give a brief overview and introduction to your role within Martin Marietta? Yes, thank you, Joel. Uh, my name is Stacy Anderson. I am involved with the procurement systems and automations processes and how we interface with our safety line of business. Martin Marietta is a national company. We're in the Fortune 500 construction materials focusing on aggregate along other lines of business. My involvement today is from a procurement perspective and how procurement works with safety. What we're trying to do is automate all of our processes around safety from the inception when a supplier comes in until that contract and job is done. So I'm happy to be here today. Thank you, Stacey. Uh, I'd like to thank the whole panel for joining us today. Um, first question I'd like to ask, and I'm going to ask each of you individually on the panel, where did the motivation or driver initiate within your organization to establish a contractor management program, and why did it start there? Stacey, I know that we've had the opportunity to work together through the entire process uh, of your implementation, but you had a unique situation by which you wanted to introduce a formal contractor management program. Would you speak a little bit to that for us? Sure, Joel. Through Martin's acquisition of TXI a few years ago, we recognized that our combined size no longer lent itself to effective internal management of supplier compliance to company terms and conditions. So as a result of this growth, procurement bid this service out, and we selected Browse as our compliance partner in this area. I think it's important to note that while procurement initiated the outsourcing of insurance compliance that the reality of the program has been procurement owning the relationship with Browse and safety leading the contractor management perspective with regard to the subject matter requirement. So our initial offering went so well as far as outsourcing due to our growth that we're currently in the process of expanding the program due to its effectiveness. So that's kind of our history. We had two companies that merged into one and we are where we are today as a result of that. Thank you, Stacey, for that insight. Brian, I know that Disney is a large corporation, um, and there were some unique challenges that you had in implementing your contractor program. Would you speak a little bit to uh, your, the reason why you decided to establish a contractor management program for Disney? Absolutely. So our vision uh, is no one gets hurt. And uh, if you think about that from a guest perspective, um, I don't think many people would argue that Disney's world-class when it comes to guests and our safety of our guests. Uh, from a cast perspective, we had programs and processes in place, and we're feeling good about the journey that we were on there. Um, but when we took a look at contractor safety and um, how we manage our contractors and compared it to that vision and no one gets hurt, I think we, we recognized that contractors were included in that, and we had a responsibility there. Um, not that we weren't doing... Um, things, but we, we felt like we really needed to ramp up um, around contractor safety and, and contractor safety management. And so our initial focus was that pre-qualification and, and understanding uh, who we were bringing on the property and um, understanding kind of uh, what their safety historical information looked like. And But we recognized we didn't have a framework in place to be able to do that. Certain groups were collecting information from insurance to sourcing was collecting certain things. Safety and health was asking for uh, specific information. But we didn't have the framework or a system to be able to look at all of that comprehensively and make smart, informed business decisions. 
and so that was really our, uh, our, re our reason and where, why we wanted to go down this road. And, and since that time, we've, of course, uh, matured and, and added different layers from contractor safety audits to on-site incident reporting and some other things. And um, feel like we've got at least the framework in place and we're on the much further on the journey now than we were, say, three or four years ago. Very good. Thank you, Brian. That's good information. Joe, I know that uh, when we began working with Excel, you had a program in place and there, there, there was an event that took place. Could you speak a little bit to that and then what that propelled Excel Energy to do to take the next step in this process? Yeah, thanks, Joel. You're correct. Uh, the catalyst for our growth in contractor safety and contractor um, management really started in 2007 when we were impacted by a catastrophic event. In 2007, we had an event that happened in one of the penstocks of our hydro plants in Colorado where we lost the lives of five of our contract partners. And prior to that event, we had a written contractor management program that really established baseline and, and quite frankly, surface level processes to engage with our contractors. But at that time, we really kept our contractors at arm's length. The way that we engage with them now is completely different than we did in 2007, even though we had a contractor safety management program. After the tragedy, we took the opportunity as an organization to really take an introspective look at our current programs, um, really looked hard and defined a lot of substantial deficiencies that needed to be corrected. And our approach to contractor safety really in the thought, our thought had to change quite dramatically. Um, we really kind of went from the approach, like I said before, prior to 2007 where we had a shelf program and keeping our contractors at arm's length where we would engage them through procurements, we would bring them in, and then the responsibility was solely on them to ensure that they, they worked in a safe manner, um, they were responsible for the safety of their employees, they would do the job um, injury-free or not injury-free, they would send us an invoice, and we would pay the invoice and move on, which is drastically different than the way it is today. Starting in 2009, we established our program as it is today, a very comprehensive vetted program with, a, with associated processes. We also hired a team of safety professionals whose sole responsibility is to ensure that we're supporting Excel Energy's value of providing a safe and healthy workplace for all employees and our contractors. You'll hear me today as I talk and I'll reference our contractors as our partners and that's really the way that we engage with them and view them. To us, there's really zero discernible difference between our contractors and ourselves other than potentially a different colored hard hat when they're on our site. Thanks, Joe. That's a great point. I think, I think you know, as, as more of our clients start utilizing a formal program or system to formalize their contractor safety management program, they do see their contractors in a different light. And I think that's, that's key in making one of these programs a success. Um, now, it's time for a little bit of audience participation. Um, Tom, I know that we've got a little bit of a poll we'd like to ask the audience. I'm going to turn the time yeah. back over to you. All right. Sounds good. Well, yes, we'd like to hear from our attendees. We know there's several hundred people um, listening in, and we appreciate that. We want to know from you, does your company actively pre-qualify and manage your contractors, suppliers, and vendors? Go ahead and please click on the answer that, that applies. A, yes, we do it internally. B, yes, we use a third-party company to assist. C, no, we aren't actively pre-qualifying pre contractors, suppliers, and vendors. Or D, do not know. Go ahead, I'll give you some time to uh, submit those answers so we can collect some feedback. And in the meantime, I want to remind people, go ahead and submit questions. Um, you can do that at any point. So if any conversation topic sparks your interest, go ahead and send in a question. You don't have to wait um, for the, for the Q&A session. Looks like some of our results are coming in now. Currently, uh, yes, we do it internally is the, the most common response. Again, wanting to know, does your company actively pre-qualify and manage your contractors, suppliers, and vendors. Joel, whenever you want to grab the steering wheel, go ahead and take it away. Thanks, Tom. It's interesting to see some of these statistics and see how, you know, the bigger the bigger population here says they do it. Uh, they're doing some level of contractor management internally. Um, through the course of the several implementations I've done here at Browse, this is, this is typical to see that companies have some level of internal uh, mechanism by which they manage their contractors. 
and you know through the course of utilizing um, a pre-qualification program like Browse, it helps alleviate a lot of their internal administration functions that they have to that they have to do. So this is this is not surprising, but it's good to see this information um, in a poll format. Thank you, Tom. Let's talk about some of the challenges that our panelists have faced um, while they've while they've introduced a contractor management program or while they've rolled a contractor management program into a formal setting such as Browse. Um, I know that I, I've seen several challenges through the course of my tenure here at Browse, from sheer size of a company to um, you know change in culture within the organization to not hold the contractors at arm's length to bring them more close you know, to the chest of the company and, and let them, you know, be part of the, the, the overall culture of the organization. Stacy, I know through the implementation of Martin Marietta that there was one particular challenge that you faced, and I think it was due to the sheer volume of size of your company. Would you like to speak to that point? Sure. Yeah, the, the thing that we found to be the most challenging was our internal messaging about why we were moving from internal management to outsourcing to a third party, which obviously is Browse. And that became our biggest challenge of the initial program rollout. So as I've said, safety is one of the driving factors at Martin Marietta. And one of the things that we determined was that we all needed to have the same messaging. We needed to have the same messaging within our corporate lines of businesses, out in our operational lines of businesses, if a supplier were to talk with one of us or a customer, we all wanted to be saying the same thing. And that began with, okay, why are we moving this from an internal, something that we're doing internally, where we have documents and individuals in multiple locations tracking things um, to an external supplier who has everything out there in a central location where it can all be accessed, and how is that going to support our business? And so we came up with what our, our standard reasons were, which were very good reasons from a safety perspective, including the fact that safety doesn't just encompass, it doesn't just consist of employees, right? It consists of our suppliers and our customers too, and how by having browse go out and aggressively work to get our suppliers, with our suppliers, compliant with us, that that made our entire organization safer and it was in a place that we could all access. Very good. Thank you, Stacey. It seems to be in line with what some of the results from the poll that we saw. Joe, I think you also had um, an internal team that was doing this to some level. And I think that was one of the one of the, the challenges that you wanted to speak about uh, with the move to the utilization of, of Browse. Yeah, thanks, Joel. You know, if you go back to my introduction, you know, post 2007, after the catastrophic event, where we took that introspective look and defined some of our deficiencies and our engagement levels with our contractors. One of the things that we also saw was there was a lack of integration and safety processes on the procurement side of our organization, and we weren't necessarily linked up. So even in 2009, when we had created more of a comprehensive program with uh, renew mechanisms for pre-qualification, similar to the things that Browse now supports for us from an administrative perspective, I had a team of individuals that were doing that in-house um, successful. Um, but challenges along the way, and I think one of the biggest challenges, and I'll echo on to Stacy, is that communication is pretty big, and the communication side that I'll touch on is just to remember that as human beings, change is inherently different for, or difficult for all of us. And it's not necessarily the fact that we're fearful of change, because we've grown up in a dynamic world with change around us, but people have to have an understanding of why we're making the change. So similar to Stacy's story where they had internal processes and documents and trying to get the influence in the organization to say we're moving away from these established processes to something that is more efficient and streamlined can be a difficult conversation. What we recognized is a couple different things. One is that even though we had these processes in place for the pre-qualification and vetting of all of our contractors, 
it was very heavy on the administrative side for my team and for the organization. Our project managers were spending enormous amount of time really shuffling paperwork and doing the paperwork side or the administrative side of managing the contractors opposed to being out in the field and providing some positive safety oversights where their influence can be a lot greater on both the safety of our employees and the, and the contractors. So we identified that as, as really when we made the decision, and this is probably moving forward about 2012, when we decided we were gonna engage with a third party administrator. So one of it was the instance um, advantage to be able to limit the administrative load that we were putting on both my team and contractor safety, but also the organization but then came the part of change management. We had, we had a lot of individuals in our organization, you know, pre-2012 when we started talking and moving in this direction and looking for continuous improvement opportunities in our program. We had a lot of people that weren't at the table that needed to be at the table. So one of the things that we did and one of the challenges that we had to overcome was defining who our key stakeholders were. And I think this is so crucial. And, and if, I, if I would speak to the specific people, the 28.3% that are not currently actively engaged in a pre-qualification process, this is, would be something that I would tell you. You have to understand your organization. You have to understand your business and you have to understand if you're going to integrate a safety process into procurement, you need to know who has to be at the table. So we spent a lot of time defining who needed to be at the table and created a group that we called the TPA team. So it's a third party administrator team. And their role quite simply was to carve out roles and responsibilities associated with the change management of developing a program and then taking that program and implementing a third party administrator. So defining the key stakeholders is imperative to that success. I think that, that stakeholders, they have to have the opportunity to opine. This has to be done in a collaborative environment to be successful. They have to be able to voice their views and their opinions in a safe environment because a program or a process like this has a greater impact than we in Xcel Energy originally thought. So once we got past that piece and we had the right people at the right level engaged in the right discussions, we were able to move forward pretty clearly with some very clear and succinct roles and responsibilities where everybody kind of understood their role. It also really helped us then make that integration of our safety processes into procurement, Joel. Yeah, Joel, you make a great point. You know, the change management piece of this is crucial and all the components that you listed, communication being one, getting the right stakeholders at the table being another point of that. Um, I think it's a good to mention to, the, to this audience that, that the change management piece of this is cr critical and crucial, and I think it's one of the benefits you see when, when you engage with a company like Browse. We're going to bring some of that information to you. I'd like to talk a little bit uh, about some of the aha moments along this journey to the introduction of a contractor management program. Um, I know, Brian, that uh, you had conveyed some interesting concepts around this aha moments you experienced as you, you know, you took your existing program, moved it into a more formal structure within uh, a third party like Browse, uh, and some of the things you expected to see that maybe maybe came out a little bit differently than you had originally anticipated. Um, could you speak a little bit to one, of, one or more of those aha moments you experienced through this journey? Absolutely. So, kind of had uh, two what I would call aha moments. I think as we started along this, uh, the process of uh, uh, qualification of our contractors, I think we quickly recognized exactly what we were missing previously. You know, see here, uh, stories relayed back to us from browse of, of contractors that really couldn't produce uh, written safety programs or get their hands on an OSHA log or um, any other information that we were requesting. And it really kind of makes you, you scratch your head and, and recognize exactly uh, what you didn't know previously. And so also from kind of a incident tracking uh, or audit tracking standpoint, which we kind of implement a little later on in the journey, um, I think we recognized as well um, that we were relying pretty heavily on tribal knowledge um, to convey some of that information. So if a contractor uh, didn't have a particularly good project from a safety standpoint, um, we didn't have a mechanism in place uh, to be able to communicate that from site to site or even even across property for that matter. If you think about uh, Walt Disney World alone being 46 square miles, uh, 70,000 cast members, parks, resorts, 
water parks and everything in between, uh, we didn't have the framework or the ability to really share that information. So if somebody had significant audit findings or uh, on-site incidents um, or whatever the case may be, we now have that framework in place to be able to share that and once again kind of make those smart informed business decisions. Great, thank you, Brian. I know that one of the things you, you had mentioned as well was your, you know, you had done a little bit of a survey or you had, you know, there was going to be some concern about potential pushback from some of your contractors. Can you speak a little bit to what you found uh, as a result sure, of, the, sure. of this conversation? Absolutely. I think uh, many of us, as we started uh, on this journey several years ago, really thought uh, that we were going to get a lot of pushback from our contractors. We, we spent a lot of time kind of internally getting everybody on board, and we're kind of bracing for our contractors. It was a new process to them, um, and so we, we braced for that uh, pushback. And I think a few things that we were able to do along the way that, that really helped mitigate that, because we, we didn't get the pushback, I don't think, that we, we thought we would, is uh, communicate with them pretty often and pretty effectively. So uh, we offered them several opportunities to provide us feedback along the way, uh, hosted some uh, feedback sessions as we launched various uh, campaigns, um, town halls. We've got a uh, contractor's annual contractor safety forum where we introduced this prior to moving down that path. We've got a contractor safety committee. We started to introduce it there as well. And so it wasn't new. Um, they kind of knew this was coming. Uh, we afforded them the opportunity to ask Disney why you're doing this. What's your, you know, what is this doing for you? Why are we being asked to participate? And so we were able to communicate much of that to our contractors. And I really think it helped um, ease the um, the transition and, and the change uh, management aspect and, and prevent us from getting the pushback that we really thought we might receive. Great. Thanks, Brian. That's good information. I know that's always one of the concerns of uh, prospective clients is how, how much of this is going to come back to us. And, you know, through the experience that we've had through implementations, we hear a lot of the same thing. These, these contractors, especially the smaller ones, they're grateful for the opportunity to know what it is that their clients are asking them for and to have the service component uh, browse to help them through that process. So thanks for touching on that, Brian. That's helpful. Yeah. Speaking of... Um you know, smaller companies. We got a great story that I've, I've shared along the way to kind of help uh, share the why, why we're doing what we're doing and what benefit it, uh, it is not only to Disney but to our contractors as well. And that's a, a letter that we received after a smaller contractor, 15 to, to 20 employees, uh, worked through the qualification process, was able to get qualified and, and uh, back on our property doing work. They actually sent us a letter thanking us for investing in them and spending the time, allowing them the time to get qualified, to get it, get their their ducks in a row and everything in order, um, and actually indicated that they felt like they were more competitive in their industry because of the work that they put into that. And so that, that was just a great reminder of why we were doing what we're doing. Great, thanks for sharing that, Brian. That's very helpful and useful, Mr. Conrad. Um, what about you with Excel? I know you're an aha kind of guy. What are some of the aha moments that you guys recognize through the implementation of uh, a standardized contractor management program within Excel? You know, I think that a couple things come to my mind, Joel. The, the first one was, and I alluded to it in the last question, it's about that reduction really in the redundancy of processes and also the limiting of administrative burden that we're putting on the individuals that we're we're technically supposed to have some some oversight for the contractors in the field. And, and this is really more, I guess, for us, not necessarily about our contractor safety program itself, but as we moved forward and engaged with a third-party administrator, um, specifically Browse, where we started to have that realization or that aha, that if we were able to work through and have the administrative side of our processes through the pre-qualification piece be taken on by a vendor, it allows us to then do the things that matter most when it helps support project level safety. So I think that's one. That's been a, most certainly an advantage to us. It has also put us in the position, because we've limited some of the administrative load, that we can then continue to go back and look at our program and look for continuous improvement opportunities and also implement different levels of programs and processes. For example, 
We're capturing hours and injuries for all of our contractors that are in our portfolio right now so that we're measuring their success from a rate perspective, the same that we're measuring our employees. And that's an important piece for us to remember because our contractor safety program and the success that we've seen both from a compliance perspective, but also from a safety cultural perspective has, has got the attention of our organization and specifically the executives in our organization. In the last couple of years, if, if you were to talk to them about contractor safety, that conversation is a lot different now than it would have been two or three years ago. They're very first on what's going on. And I think one of the reasons why is, is that they're starting to see and understand the value of engaging with your contractors at the level of a partnership, but then also the understanding that what our contractor safety program has done with the utilization of Browse to pre-qualify is that we're in a position now where we can say that our contractors are safer, more qualified, and trained. And to expand on that a little bit, I'll take you back to the 2009 to 2012 period where we had essentially the same processes in place. And I know that there was a large group, almost half of this call today, was were saying that they have these processes in place and they're managing themselves. Well, that was me, and that was Excel Energy just a few years ago. And we had a great program, and we had a lot of processes in place, but, but this is what I will tell you. This is one of the things that we learned or one of the ahas is that we really felt like we were vetting our contractors at a level where we felt comfortable that we were mitigating risk when they came in to our sites and collaboratively working with us on projects. And we didn't find out until we engaged with a third-party administrator where the depth of the qualification went a lot deeper, so programmatically into the programs and the elements opposed to us basically doing a statistical review and asking service-level questions about, do you have a program? that we realized that the contractors that we were working with were not as safe, not as qualified, and not as trained because we never took the opportunity to, to look deep enough. So because of that and that understanding, that allowed our senior vice president, Kent Larson, to be able to stand up and say to the board of the directors that we are in a position right now that we are a safer company when it comes to the relationship with our contractors than we were two years ago. So that's a pretty big aha for us, Joel. Great, thanks, Joe. That's great insight and uh, useful information for the for the, the full audience here. Um, Joe, there was I, I have a follow up question for you. In in a previous discussion, we had discussed a little bit about the administrative burden and moving some of that away from your your internal team. Can you just give an example of some of what the the administrative load removal uh, was when we moved the Excel into a more formalized outsourced third party such as Browse? Yeah, I have, I have two examples, Joel, that I will do. You know, within the, within the world of engaging with a third-party administrator, um, so our process with Browse, our contractors now work directly with Browse as that interface. And through the registration process, they're asking the questions about the type of organization they are, the type of work that they do for us, um, what programs then become necessary for the review and qualification. All of that work was done by by my team internally before, and we had we had an appendices to our program that we would send out, and it really became a it was an arduous process where we were having to take one piece of paper of this appendices and shuffle it back and forth and back and forth and back and forth numerous times until we got the right information to be able to make that surface level decision on where we were going and how we were moving forward based off of the information that the contractor was providing to us. So that's one. Um, that administrative piece is gone because that appendices is obviously gone. Now, what it allowed us to do then is to spend more time on processes outside of the pre-qualification, but more onto the pre-project planning and the site orientations and the direct communication with the contractor, not necessarily about programs and elements because we know that they're in place when they go through the vetting process. So when they come to us, we can talk about the things that, that really matter to us from a project perspective, which is the safety and health plans, the risk associated with the work, the JSAs, um, pre-job briefs, and things like that. Um, the second piece that I would tell you that it helped limit us is probably it goes back to the review cycle and the approval cycle. So I have, I have three safety professionals in my team where their primary responsibility 
um, pre-2012, before we engage with a third-party administrator, was to look and do the reviews of all this um, information that was coming in from the contractors, and then we would make the decision on whether we were going to bring them in as qualified um, and approved or non-qualified, not approved, and if we needed to write any conditions for their approval, and it was, it was very labor-intensive. Um, now that that piece is gone, where we provide it browse, our metric to say, here's the baseline that contractors have to meet to be able to come in and do work for us. Now that team can focus more on taking a look at, again, things that are more specific to the project. So if we have a contractor that is not quite meeting our baseline expectations from a rate perspective, or maybe it's the EMR, then my team has the ability and the time now to dig a little bit deeper. And if we have to write conditions for overrides for approval to bring them in, they can be very specific to that organization and the work that they're going to be doing. Um, compared to before where they were very boilerplate, um, kind of templated, because we just didn't have the time, Joel, to be able to dig as deep as we do now that we've engaged with Browse. Great, Joe. Thanks for that insight. I think those are outcomes that we're all looking for. I know the Browse is looking for those, and I'm sure it's equally or more important to you as the client. So thanks for that insight. As a last round of questions for our panels, I'd like to ask each one of them to offer up some advice, some successes, and some tips and tricks as it relates to the implementation of a contractor management program. Ms. Stacy, I'd like to start with you. Okay, sure. I think I will reiterate what Joe said in that we have to have all of the different parties at the table when you get ready to implement something like this. So additionally, what he said was reducing internal administrative burdens. So in our successes, what we have seen is that by outsourcing this, we have everybody has time to do now, just like Joe has been mentioning, what we do best. Right, so we've noticed that since we have outsourced the administration and the ongoing compliance of our suppliers to what our internal requirements are to browse, browse is doing that, they take care of that. One of the things that I think every company has to think about is when you talk about, as we looked at on the poll, of monitoring your supplier compliance internally, what does that really mean? Do you have an appropriate internal monitoring system? Is it accessible to everybody? Is it up to date, right? Um, is it reflecting the changes that you need in it? Do, do all of the different lines of businesses have proactive insight into that? And I suppose I would encourage individuals to look at utilizing all of the different lines of business and what they do best, and that's what we learned. Browse, this is what Browse does. They do it for us. They do an excellent job. We saw a huge increase in our compliance within a matter of 90 days. It has allowed procurement to come in and do what we do, which is analyze our volume, leverage our spending, and negotiate better prices for our company and for our stockholders. And it has allowed safety to, as Joe had indicated, as well as Brian, to go back and really focus on the on-the-job safety and those types of things with the administrative tasks removed. So it's been hugely successful for us. If I kind of tag on to what I said about the challenges that we had, as far as internal messaging, it has brought all of our internal lines of business much closer. We all understand exactly where we're heading. We have the same messaging. Safety has always been extremely important to Martin, and this is a way that everybody has timely access to the same information all the time. So my advice would be, number one, make sure you have actually do an audit of your internal compliance measures, and if you have the right automation and it's accessible to everybody. The second thing would be to Joe's what he was saying, which is make sure you have all of the right players at the table to make the decision and to have ownership in the process. And then the third thing that we have actively done in our organization is use metrics to show what was our compliance before, what is it now, and to make sure that we are utilizing that to evangelize our changes. So that's what I would have to say, Joel. Great, Stacy. Thank you for that. Sounds like they're, you know, from the challenges that you face, that has brought uh, some of your internal teams closer, which I think is key 
and helpful within your organization and with the introduction of a contractor manager program. So thank you for that insight. Brian, uh, with Disney, can you share some of the successes, tips, and tricks that you have for the audience? Uh, yes, sure. Um, I think the first thing that comes to mind is just communicate well and communicate often. Uh, and that's kind of a, a common theme. Be fully transparent. Uh, we uh, had a little uh, challenge with that in our uh, kind of our most recent effort. We thought we'd uh, hit all of the all the right groups and thought we'd communicated pretty effectively. Um, but when push came to shove and contractors started calling, we recognized that uh, those that were picking up the phone on the other end didn't necessarily have. Um, all of the information that we would have liked them to have at the time, um, which really kind of hurts hurts credibility of what we're trying to do. So uh, really focus in on who needs to know who the contractor is going to call when they get that phone call, they get that email, they get that letter, uh, making sure that they're armed with the information to be able to answer the questions or at least point them in the right direction um, so that you maintain that credibility. Um, I'd say part of that, too, is it's particularly with the contractors, is just give them, give them those outlets to be able to uh, provide feedback along the way. Um, I think that really helped us as far as their buy-in uh, with various uh, you know, feedback sessions and town halls um, that we held in addition to some of the other forums that we regularly use uh, to communicate with our contractors as well. And uh, I kind of lastly, I guess, would be um, we took a very staged and methodical approach. We uh, did a pilot initially, one on each coast. Um, we then paused and made sure everybody was on the same page and in, and in alignment before we moved on. And then we launched uh, one trade group. Uh, we wanted to get our processes in order and launch one full trade group and get them in and, and make sure that we had every, all of our ducks in a row and everybody knew what we were, we were doing and why we were doing it. Paused again until uh, in recent uh, memory. Uh, launched more of a full-blown um, campaign where we targeted a pretty large group of our contractors uh, domestically. And so don't be afraid to take it slow, steady, make sure everybody's coming along that journey with you because um, it'll, uh, it'll help with that buy-in that you need. Thank you, Brian. That's great advice for the audience to, to, to have. Joe, I'm going to ask you as well, can you share some of the successes and any tips and tricks you have to offer for the group? Yeah, absolutely. You know, a couple things that I would say is for for you to be successful, you have to, again, going back really to the first question, but I think this is so foundational, you have to understand your organization, your contractors, and you have to understand who the key stakeholders are to get involved in the implementation of some type of contractor safety management program. So if you're not currently doing it, my advice would be you need to look to be doing something. I mean, the way that this industry is today and the amount of work that's being done and supported by contractors is huge. And it's a huge risk that you're taking on as an organization if you're not doing some type of pre-qualification or have some type of contractor make, um, management program. Um, even from a compliance perspective with OSHA, when you're looking at the multi-employer doctrine, it's pretty imperative that everybody takes on some level of qualification. <clears throat> I would also say to, you know, to be to be nimble in your processes, um, but hold hold a hard line. And I think we've done a nice job of that at XL Energy, where we really, again, going back to the engagement level as a partnership with our contractors, we do really almost anything that we can to help them. Um, you know. Browse does a really nice job of identifying deficiencies programmatically that they need to address. Um, they work directly with our contractors, but so do we. And we do a lot of outreach. We've built a lot of tools. One of the things that was helpful for us, going back to Brian's point from, from earlier when he told the story about some of the smaller contractors, we too had that issue where we have in some of our areas of Western North Dakota, South Dakota, out in New Mexico, where we have a lot of, they're called or referred to as mom and pop shops, but they're really small contract organizations where we discovered that they just, they don't have programs. Some of them didn't even have safety manuals. And there was a real large concern from a business continuity perspective in our organization that we were going to have to travel in larger contractors into these remote locations instead of supporting local business. And supporting local business is really important to us. So we took on the role of really the 
the educator and the consultant and really helping these smaller organizations pull their programs together. And again, it goes back to my statement of one of the things that we saw as success is the understanding that we can say firmly that we have safer, more qualified contractors right now than we did before our engagement level with a third-party administrator. And this is, this is one of the reasons why. So one of the things we did specifically from a tool perspective is for the, the organizations that were having a tough time and struggling to be able to put their programs and elements together, we actually created a shell program for them in the PDF format that they could use as a reference guide to be able to create their own programs and elements that they need, not just to satisfy us, but really to position themselves in industry when they're working for our peers, which is also really important to us. Um, it's important that we engage with safe and qualified and competent contractors, but also be able to position them within the utility industry for our peers and, and network at well. So that's most certainly a success that I would saw. Um, advice moving forward, Joel, what I would say to everybody is, again, if you're not doing something currently now, um, do that introspective um, look. Um, look yourself in the mirrors of an organization and how you're engaging with your contractors and define where are your blind spots and the deficiencies that you need to fix programmatically. Because again, not doing something is not the answer in today's industry. And then two, engage your stakeholders once identified very early and often and get the right people at the table to really define what are the impacts from the organization outside of this just being a contractor safety process. Great, thanks Joe, that's great insight and great advice and success stories that you've shared with us. Brian, Stacy, thank you for your advice and, and uh, success stories that you've also shared with the audience. Um, it looks like there are a bunch of questions that we would like to get to. Uh, and before they turn the time over to Tom to facilitate those questions, I'd like to talk about our demo week. Um, I want to invite you to join us next month for demo week. We will have a series of four webinars demoing all of the Browse products. We'll be showing you the software we use to help pre-qualify and manage suppliers, how we can track compliance down to the employee level, how we can evaluate motor carriers in your supply chain, and how we can evaluate the safety performance of your contractors, suppliers, and vendors. To sign up for these webinars, go to browse.com forward slash webinar. I'd like to turn the time over to Tom to facilitate some of the questions from the audience. All right, thank you, Joel, and thank you to all the panelists. This has been really, really informative so far. I just want to say before we start the Q&A, I want to remind everyone of the evaluation survey we're asking you to complete. The survey should be appearing on your screen, and your input is important because it will help us improve future webcasts. Um, if you don't see the evaluation survey, please turn off your pop-up blocker. You may also access the survey by clicking the survey button near the lower right part of your screen. Uh, and with that said, we can go ahead and get to some questions. As Joel indicated, a lot of great questions. Reminder for any questions that aren't answered, they will be sent along to our speakers today. Um, so lead-off question. Anyone, have any of you experienced a time when your vetting process saved you or your contractor from a non-compliance situation? I can touch on that one. I think this goes back to you know, the, the role that we take as an educator um, in our partnership with our contractors. And we routinely go through this process where we have a contractor that will go through. They're uh, fully registered and vetted through Browse. Um, programmatic deficiencies are defined. Maybe it's potentially um, a confined space element issue. And they need help from a safety professional's perspective to, one, either understand the deficiency or how they can help and, and address it. Um, so what we do is we'll actually uh, – We'll engage the project manager and the contractor, and we'll get on the phone with them if need be and have a conversation and directly help them fix their programs and their elements. Because, again, we look at it, you, know, you can look at it really two ways. One, it's like, well, Joe, you're giving them the answer to the test. But on the other side of it, we also understand that from a, from a compliance perspective with their programs, they're necessary for them to work for us but they're also necessary for their organization and the safety of their employees. And so if we can do something to help position them, at least programmatically, to be safer, we feel pretty good about that. Great, thank you. 
go, go along to our next question here, which is, I understand this is a Browse-sponsored webinar, but do any of the participants have experience with other providers? If so, how does Browse compare? I can, uh, I guess, kick that one off. So I mentioned uh, earlier that we, uh, we did a pilot on uh, both coasts when we were uh, first kind of headed down this, this path and on this journey. And, uh, we did uh, we piloted on one coast, browse, and on the other coast, uh, a competitor. Um, and um, at the end of that uh, campaign effort, um, we actually uh, did some surveys both internally with our stakeholders that were uh, part of the process, as well as our contractors that were involved as well. And uh, based on that feedback, um, and honestly, uh, you know, Browse's ability to, to be a little bit uh, more flexible with us uh, in that process, uh, we went with Browse. Great. Now I've got a, a bit of a two-part question here for Joe. Uh, how does Excel measure the significant improvement over the last two years? And Joe, what data points are you getting now uh, that you were not getting before? Okay, great question. Um, I think I would address it two ways. Um, you know, from a, a data point, so a quantitative analysis side, what we're seeing is really, I guess I would say, three different things. Is we're seeing a significant reduction in the, the OSHA rate, so the ORIR and the TRIR, whatever you're measuring within your organization, of our contractors. Um, we set targets measuring their rates, and what we really drive for is top core top performance by our contractors, and we've seen a, a nice, nice reduction in that lagging indicator of our contractors in the last, probably, you know, when I say, you know, we, we're talking about two years, but for me and XL Energy, we're really driving back to, at the decision point when we went into the RFP release, looking for engagement with a TPA, so the 2012 mark, and then getting fully implemented. So really in the last probably three, four years for us, we've seen a significant reduction in the OSHA rates. And again, that tells me then we're seeing less injuries for our contractors when they're on site. So that's one. I would also tell you that we have a pretty robust behavioral-based observation process. And we've seen, again, over the past couple of years, a significant reduction in the at-risk behaviors that we're physically observing out on the field and on the plant sites during projects. And again, a correlation back to the worker safety piece that tells me that the contractors that we're engaging in are being safer on our sites. And then I would say finally one of the data points that we've seen is the compliance rates of our contractors across the board consistently have increased significantly. Um, we're pretty proud to say in one of the, the accomplishments and successes that we see with Browser, our third-party administrator, is that we have roughly about 1,200 contractors that we're engaged in, again, with construction and maintenance activities across all eight states. And with those 1,200 contractors, we have a compliance rate of at or above 90%, meaning that 90% of those 1,200 are approved and ready to go to work for any of our project managers across the site. That's great. Um, next question, we're going to go ahead and uh, send this one to Stacy. How deep do you go for the process? Uh, for instance, we have some lawn care contractors. Would it be beneficial to include them in this process? I would say yes. We have a level one, two, and three, and we've assigned each one of our contractors or the type of activity to that level. Once we gave, once we give the information to Browse, obviously they'll slot contractors into the level that we've defined. But what we do is we apply this to all of our contractors that come on site to do work for Martin Marietta. So we do apply it to all levels and obviously those that are not on site have um, a different level of compliance than those that need to come on site and are doing different types of activities on the locations. Great. Thank you. Uh, Brian, we've got a question for you. How extensive are your efforts to work with a contractor to improve their safety management to meet your standards? Yeah, that is a good question. So um, one of the things that we've communicated uh, in, in every communication that we've had or sent out uh, is a Disney point of contact. And so we've got a, a point of contact on uh, at Disneyland and one at Walt Disney World. 
so that they've got somebody they can call if they have questions, concerns, need some guidance, some feedback. Um, certainly, uh, you know, we don't necessarily provide them all of the answers, but definitely uh, are willing and able um, to provide them with some guidance along the way. And here's what, here's what we're looking for. Here's uh, some things to think about, uh, those types of things. So where we don't necessarily uh, give them the answer key, we certainly are willing to work with them. And I alluded to the, uh, the small uh, kind of mom-and-pop contractor earlier that uh, we invested a lot of uh, time and energy in. Um, and, and helped get them to where they were, um, did meet our criteria, and were able to continue to do work. So um, we're certainly willing to do that along the way. Great. Thank you. Um, next question we're going to toss to Joel. Uh, what about implementation of a contractor pre-queue and management program in an organization that has multiple sites in various states with different unique needs at some sites? Thanks, Tom. That's the beauty of the, of the Browse software platform itself, is it's configurable to each client's needs, and it's smart enough to know that based on a site assignment, based on a geographical assignment, based on a risk categorization, and based all the way down to a different insurance classification, the system itself can hold contractors accountable to compliance levels according to each one of those designations. So if I'm at Site A, the compliance perspective may be this. Site B may have site-specific induction training. The system itself can handle that based on the contractor's association to those risk classifications and or sites. Great. We've got a couple minutes left here. Uh, Joel, another question for you. How do you deal with subcontractors through Browse? There's a myriad of ways by which we manage subcontractors. Some of our clients like to see the general's list of subcontractors uh, as a point of reference only. A lot of our clients like to actually create a subcontractor category within their own database that holds the subcontractors of general's to at least some safety parameters as well. So there's a myriad of ways by which we manage subcontractors. We have three or four solid ways that we promote to our clients and let them choose how they want us to manage that on their behalf. And Joel, Great. this and is Joel. Maybe I could just touch on that, give a little bit more information about how we address subcontractors for XL Energy. So currently what we do is we haven't made the decision to require all of our subcontractors to be fully vetted through Browse. But what we do is, Similar to what Joel said as one of the options is we've created a subcontractor questionnaire for all of our general contractors. So all of our general contractors, anybody that we're in a direct contractual relationship with to come in and do work on our sites, the requirement is they have to be fully pre-qualified through Browse. Part of that pre-qualification is a series of seven questions very specific to subcontractors, and some of them are really a pass-fail. Uh, give you an example, the first question is, do you utilize subcontractors, yes or no? And if they say yes, the very next question is, do you pre-qualify your contractors? If they say no, it's red flagged in the system and they cannot become compliant in our world until they address those issues. But they answer yes to the pre-qualification. Then we ask some pretty specific questions about how they do it, um, what are the things that they're looking at as, as far as a pre-qualification perspective, but we have not made the requirement that our subcontractors um, get vetted by browser. And, and to be completely transparent, I think one of the reasons that we haven't done it at this point is it, it potentially could then become a pass-through cost coming back to us in the projects piece. And as long as we're very clear and concise to the, to the contractors at the prime level that they have an understanding that they are responsible for any subcontractors that bring on site and they must do a level of pre-qualification, we feel comfortable in it right now. And then, Stacy, lastly, if, if we could keep this to about 30 seconds or, go, or so, I know we're on the clock, um, but how can safety best work with procurement to implement a program? What would be your quick soundbite answer to that? My quick soundbite answer would be that you take the different responsibilities and you divvy those up according to what each unit does best, and then you have a lot of communication between the two groups. Great. Perfect. I think that's great. I really appreciate all of your time today. Unfortunately, we have run out of time. I know we didn't get to everyone's questions, but all of today's unanswered questions will be forwarded on to our speakers. Um, once again, I hope you all take the time to fill out the evaluation survey on your screen and give us your feedback. And with that, it ends today's Safety and Health Magazine webcast. I'd like to thank all of today's speakers, today's sponsor, Browse, and all of you who listened in. Thank you very much, and have a great day.